What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. Fifty-one. Yeah, the the um, the conspiracy theory episode. <laughs> why is why is that? I hate to slow down the momentum here, but I don't understand Air, the reference. Area Fifty-one. All the oh. aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Got uh, it. Yeah. How are you, buddy? What's we're, going on? We're not actually touting conspiracy theories. I feel like there's enough of that in the world <laughs> at the We've moment. Got that. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I had a pretty uh, uh, chill, slow week, uh, and just uh, you know, excited to catch up to see uh, what you've been up to with your crazy weekend. It seems uh, by seeing some of your Instagram stuff. Uh, but uh, do you want to get into it right now? <laughs> Uh, sure, sure. Yeah, no, yeah. I I definitely lived life for, for the pod this week because I had one night, Friday night, got home, I don't know, 4.30 in the morning. I, I got to stop you much. already. I got to stop you already. It's live life for the cast. We were trying to brand this. Maybe you oh, get t-shirts. <laughs> Did I change it to pod? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good. Well, either way, I'm living life for it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I understand. So you're out Maybe late. I'll change it to our acronym, living life for the mom, mind I'm- over magic. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole different different meaning. <laughs> <laughs> so you were out pretty late this weekend, you're saying. Yeah, Friday night we had a um a special guest at the show, a DJ. His name is Nightmare. Nightmare. That sounds, it, sounds scary. It's, it's spelt a little different. Not a scary guy. Very, very <laughs> nice and, and down to earth. Uh blowing up huge DJ at the moment. Uh I've been seeing his face all over the place, because uh, he's playing at Caesar's Palace and things nice. like that. Great. Um, and my friend Kevin brought him by the show. Kevin, you haven't met, um, but I think he basically owns Las Vegas, and the rest of us just pay rent. Really? What does yes. Kevin do? I couldn't tell you his his exact title, but he's <laughs> he's very much involved in the nightclub scene. Sure. But he's not what you expect from someone involved in the nightclub scene. Oh yeah. Okay, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Terrific guy. Um, and anyway, he, you know, he said when he was at the show, he said, why don't you come out and, and see Steve Aoki tonight? I've heard of that name. I know that name. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's pretty big. That's a, I mean, pretty big DJ. I think everyone knows Steve Aoki, right? I think so. I think so. So, um, I, uh, decided, you know what? I'm already going to the comedy show at 1030. Oh, what? You did this all the same night? <laughs> yeah. I figured I'm going to this comedy show, the same one I went to the previous week, but j- different lineup. Dirty at um, 1230. Yeah, it's called Dirty at 1230, but it's at 1030, which is more <laughs> right. for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I figured I'm going to be out until 11 anyway. Might mm. as well, or whatever time. I'm sorry, not 11, 12. Anyway. Yeah. If there was ever a night that it makes sense for me to swing back over to Omnia, the nightclub, and hang mm-hmm. out with Steve Aoki, tonight's the night to do it. <laughs> Where is Omnia? Which which hotel? Caesars. Oh, Caesars. Okay, great. Yeah, now yeah. get this: Steve Aoki is only the DJ, the only DJ apparently that that plays a slightly shorter set too. So I was uh-huh. really batting a thousand here. Yeah, because you could have missed him. <laughs> well, well, no, no. He plays a slightly shorter set, so like oh. I, I'm just making up numbers here. Yeah. But let's say Zed goes on from like uh, one thirty to three thirty. Quick question: Is Zed a name of a DJ? 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, another huge DJ. Got it. Um, if he goes on from 1.30 to 3.30, maybe Steve Aoki goes on from 1.30 to 3. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. So, so I, I could actually get to bed potentially at a reasonable time. Yeah, comparatively to other DJs. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. easier early morning, uh, like early evening DJ, even though it's still 3 a.m. <laughs> it turned out to be false anyway. He played uh, just as long. Oh, okay. There we go. Um, but it, it, it was, it was, it, it was a great time. Um, a few of us went to it. We got brought back to the green room before the show to say hello. And Steve was kind and gracious. And, um, yeah, it was, it was kind of a, uh, funny, awkward moment because, you know, I don't know him or right. his team or anything. And we just kind of get escorted right in. Like I said, Kevin owns the, yeah. the city. So just escorted right in to to say hello. I don't even know. I, I think we probably caught him off guard, you know? Right. Yeah, that's interesting because I've always kind of wondered that because people kind of assume like the level of fame, like everyone knows each other too. But I, I can imagine like these kind of intros where you literally, you're like know of people, but you've never met. And like, I don't know. It's like you got to do small talk with someone really, really famous. <laughs> right. And yeah. I'm not that chit chatty because i don't ever want to oh and here's the thing when i walked in the room he was sitting down okay oh okay yeah this is an interesting social dynamic sure (laughs) i don't want to approach someone who's sitting down and then keep them cornered in that space yeah 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 you're like trap them (laughs) yeah yeah so i just did an immediate move on i i basically went over i did a handshake or whatever covid fist pound whatever i did Mm -hmm. a hello and I moved on. Yeah, yeah. Right? So then, you know, Ted, my brother, Tiana, they do a quick hello as well, I believe, and then sort of fade back into my comfort zone and start talking back to Kevin again. This is kind of like, um, uh, it feels like you're just like visiting a museum, like, oh, let's check out the Steve Aoki exhibit. And then- <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how it felt, um, but because of the sitting down. Yeah, yeah. Right now, if it was someone standing, maybe there's a little more opportunity for chit chat. But um, I think we did catch him off guard. So he didn't exactly know what was going on. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he's in his head. He's getting ready for the show. Because um, a moment later, and I don't, I don't believe anyone prompted him. I think he realized, oh, oh, this is maybe someone had told him yeah. we were coming earlier. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, oh, oh, Matt, hi. And he sort of that, at that yeah. point acknowledged, oh, this is Matt. Gotcha, gotcha. So then he's like, oh, wait, I should be, yeah, I should know who this guy is. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) But, like, with the initial thing, I don't think it would have been the right move. I think I would have rather just walk in and walk out and him have no idea that, you know, (laughs) who we were. Um, rather than like stand over him yeah. while he's seated and be like, yeah, so I work across the street at the link and, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I'm important. You're supposed to know, you know, I'm not going to, there's definitely people who do that though. I'm sure. I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I can, I can hear. Yeah. I, I, that's the, yeah, that, that, um, that kind of attitude is very like, uh, rubs me the wrong way too. When you're talking about it, I can tell for you. And I think we're in the same boat where like, we want to just be like, humble and like not cause a you know a fuss on anything and just be like all right nice to meet you let's move on yeah (laughs) Yeah. again if you were standing maybe a little more comfortable with the chit chat but because Mm -hmm. it was sitting i never want to make especially like a a person of note like that like anyone really i don't want to make anyone ever feel trapped in a room right yeah where they're sitting and i'm standing (laughs) over them and they got nowhere to go i never want to be that guy so 
um, you know, we, we, we did the photos and all of that, had a, mm-hmm. a little bit of a chat and he was very gracious and kind. And, um, then we watched his show literally from, you know, almost his perspective, as you may have seen on Instagram. Yeah. You were like right next to the DJ booth. Like you were practically in the DJ booth. Yeah. Like not like in the, you know, when people buy tickets to be in a DJ booth or like where they put the this is like the stereotype where they put the quote unquote hot girls in the DJ booth. Mm-hmm. That's not where we were. <laughs> yeah. But you were like right there. <laughs> we're just like in it. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's really a different experience. And I, and I've done this maybe once or twice before. Uh, and this is just, you know, this is me having any clout or anything. This is just Kevin doing sure. what Kevin does. That's great. Yeah. He just, you know, <laughs> he just, he owns the whole scene. It's really unbelievable. Now, are you normally a, like a nightclub guy, like a dance club? From what no. I know, no. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. I was going to say, I've been to a few and I've felt out of place every single time. Yeah. I um, I don't understand how it, like, it's such an interesting scene to I see. Know. Yeah. But people love it. And it's almost a... Uh, uh, and now I was watching like Steve Aoki was doing a lot of DJing. Like he wasn't just like pushing the play button and jumping up and down. Yeah. Because that's, he, I, that's yeah. the thing that people are like, why are these DJs making so much money when they're just hitting a button? But there is an art to it. And I understand like finding the rhythm of different songs and kind of mixing them together and, you know, getting that, that beat there, there is some skill. So like the, the DJs at the top of their game are doing that. But some of these other ones who are just pushing a button is like, I mean, I have an iPod. <laughs> I don't, I, iPhone, I don't I know enough about DJing to really know who's doing what. Sure. But I know enough to know that I could hear what I was seeing his hands do. Yes. Well, I back in the day, remember when there was Guitar Hero, of course, it was very popular. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. was uh, a short-lived game. I mean, I don't know how games could be short-lived, but like a not as popular version that was like dj hero and like gave you like a turntable and you had to like scratch it in like rhythm and like do it like guitar hero i was so bad at it so i think that's when i was like all right there's a little bit of skill here (laughs) (laughs) put it put it this way if he was faking it moving his hands in sync with the sound changes i was hearing that would have been even more impressive (laughs) that's like a magic trick yes (laughs) um and the production value is insane. Um, mm, yeah. However, however, at the same time, and, and I, I'm assuming you've been to nightclubs enough to uh, know this, they, there seems they seem to be a one-trick pony in the fact that they just blast the crowd with the CO2. Oh, uh, yeah. It's either that or, like, foam, right? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I've never options. done a foam one. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> but you know the CO2. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's their running gag. It's like, instead mm-hmm. of Bill Malone doing cards out of the mouth to get the audience back up again as a running gag, they just blast him with CO2. That's, yeah. That, that That's one of the two things I know about, like, this EDM craze, and like, which is huge, by the way, in Vegas. It seems like... People are going to Vegas just for these EDM concerts and nightclubs and stuff like that. Uh, that's a whole different culture than when, you know, our little nerdy magic circles like, let's see all the magic shows. <laughs> right, know? right. Such a, like, I don't think those Venn diagrams overlap at all, <laughs> usually. Uh, but uh, but the other thing I know about like nightclubs are uh, you, you got to wait or for EDM music. You got to wait for that that bass to drop the beat to drop yeah how how uh how often did that happen was it like there was there a countdown every time 
It's usually a three, two, one. <laughs> but like over a course of what you were there, like a couple hours, that right. beat's gonna drop several times. More they, than several. They keep dropping that beat. <laughs> And the CO2 is always coinciding with it every time. But every time it gets them going. There's not one time where they go, "Ah, I've had enough of the CO2. Because it cools them down, I guess. I guess, yeah. That's smart. So anyway, thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Steve Aoki. Thank you, Nightmare. Uh, It was uh, great seeing all of you. And what a night. I I mean, that's like a once a year thing for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's... That's definitely the sign of the times that Vegas is open and it's like back to normal, right? Especially because to be that close to people and, you know, in a dancing to music and being in everyone's per- personal bubbles, I imagine the dancing was not social distance. Like you can't really do it six feet apart, you know? There was no room for anyone to dance. Yeah, exactly. It's just like a wall of people. <laughs> it was just a wall of people like rubbing against each other whether they wanted to or not wow wow that's great in so vegas baby meanwhile i can't i can't go to full occupancy till july 8th who knows can you just say your show is a a dance club and then maybe i'll go 100 percent sooner (laughs) yeah you can have (laughs) everyone like rushing the stage and a wall of people and you're like who wants to see some magic who's ready to see these (laughs) Cards drop and hit the CO2 and you got your big explosions. <laughs> now, now, would you go to one of these events? I can't imagine I'm any more comfortable there than you are. Oh, I would I would I would go for the experience, but like from the perspective of a comedian just to be like, I went here, what jokes can I write about this? <laughs> you right. know, like but I would I am totally in your camp of being like, I do not belong here. This isn't my scene. The couple of nightclubs I've been dragged to even in Vegas, I've been to a couple. It's always been a weird time. I'm not like a, you know, a dancer on the dance floor or anything like that. So it's like, I'm just observing the scene. This is strange. Hey, speaking of nightclubs, um, I, I, I did a little thing on my Instagram stories where I said, tell me a secret. And someone told me a secret about you. What? Yes. Are you going to tell this secret on air right now? I think so. (laughs) I think so. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. I only shared what people said, like anonymously, but this one I might say who it is. Oh, Um, boy. It's a a mutual mutual friend of ours, Colin. Oh, jeez. First of all. Colin Cloud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From um, he had a run on America's Got Talent, a mentalist. Yeah, Colin is doing. uh, He's in Shin Lim show at the at the the Mirage. Um, And on the road, they they tour together as well. Yeah, yeah? I'm worried Mm -hmm. about this secret because when I saw you on Instagram posting like people's secrets, I was like, this is really bold, Matt. This is like real insider. It was almost like a mentalism thing too, where you're like asking for people's secrets, but then you're you're just reposting them not revealing them <laughs> like, anonymously yeah 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 anonymously so that yeah and I people are only submitting yous. things they want to submit to so it's not like they're being coerced or anything but so that's no no they were thankful for the responses yeah oh boy what was colin's secret about me i'm very nervous <laughs> he said that one time do you, well first of all you already know the topic is nightclubs does that give you a hint at all to what he could have told me uh i know exactly the year and time of uh yeah it was right after my run on agt when i did my invention mm-hmm. i believe and we mm-hmm. were 
the 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 younger lads of my invention, which was only a handful, because let's be honest, that <laughs> invention skews older, like most magic conventions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were trying to hit up a night on out in Vegas. So I think is this about the a club in the wind? Uh, he didn't mention oh, which okay. club, but I mean. Yeah, I think you're going in the right direction here. Okay. So at this point, it's worth noting you were the only mentalist in the world with any America's Got Talent credit at this time. Yes. Yeah, that's correct. No one knew who Colin was at this moment. <laughs> no. or Yeah, no other mentalist had ever appeared on the show. You were the mm-hmm. only one. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he said the secret was that you had asked him to drop your name at the door to get in. Uh, that's not the way I remember it at all. First of all, <laughs> this is a funny story though. Uh, so I will, I will shout it out to call it here because we were going from like um, hotel casino to hotel casino and it was like pretty dead. I guess it was pretty late and we didn't know what was going on. And I think we ended up in the win and I don't remember what the name of the nightclub is there, but like that was like the only spot open. I think it was maybe like a holiday or something. And I was like, why is this the only place we could go? Uh, so we go up and we're like, all right, let's try to see if we can get in. And they just, we immediately get turned away because it's like a whole group of guys, which is never good to go to a club because they don't like that ratio being off. Right. So then mm-hmm. I remember being like, well, I'm not a nightclub guy. I don't care if we get in. We could go find something else to do. And then I think amongst the group, they were like, well, he was just on TV. Maybe we could use that. So it wasn't my idea to drop my name. Mm. But I do think Colin then went up to the bouncer and was like, well, this guy, Eric Diddleman, was just on America's Got Talent. And I believe the bouncer's response was, who cares? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But there was like two lines, right? So then we were like, all right, that one failed. And then we went to like the other line and Colin did the same thing. And the bouncer's like, uh, you're going to have to go talk to the other guys. Oh, no. They're just kind of ping-ponging us back and forth, and these bouncers saw this happening. And in that moment, someone comes out of the club with, like, you know, his girl or whatever, and they're just like, hey, are you Eric Diddleman from America's Got Talent? I swear, unprompted, right Right. in front of the bouncers, and everyone kind of, like, looks like, see? And the bouncers still are, like, shaking their head and, like, no, you can't get it. (laughs) Right, right, right. So yeah, that did happen. We did not go to that club, uh, and uh, I'm I'm okay with it. <laughs> that reminds me of a time I came to Vegas with friends, maybe some ten, ten, eleven years ago, and we're trying to get into some place. So like, I think I I I took like you know a few one dollar bills and changed them into hundreds. Yeah, to, in hopes For of magic. impressing the yeah. bouncer. <laughs> But I don't think I gave him any of them. And I might have even done it with 20s, if we're being honest. I don't remember. And the, the, it reminded me when you said the bouncer goes, who cares, right? Yeah, yeah. He goes, that's cute. And that was the that's end of that. <laughs> You're supposed to hand them the money and they make it disappear. And that's yeah. the little grease in the palms there, Matt. And that's right. how you I could can... only give him four out of the five bills. <laughs> right. Even if I wanted to. <laughs> hey, I'm going to give this to you, but can you like give it back so I can do the magic trick later? <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like you had a fun weekend. Um, yeah, I, I, I w- went out to explore the city a bit, but uh, pretty uneventful other than, you know, meeting up with some friends to do a little karaoke. And I'm not a big karaoke guy. Did you uh, sing? I sang a couple. 
But I've never seen you do karaoke. What's your go-to song? I don't have go-to songs. That's the problem because okay. I do what it. What song that did you do? You sang a couple. What song did you do? I did "Boulevard of Broken Dreams" by Green Day. Wow, I yeah. can't picture that. Wow. <laughs> because I like when it blends in, and I add in the Oasis song too, because it's like a, a mashup. <laughs> it's a mashup of Wonderwall. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't even. I never heard you, someone do that, but I somehow knew. I guess you said Oasis song. Yeah, I immediately thought yeah. Wonderwall. I mean, that's the most famous one. So right. that was my go-to. That was pretty fun. But it was so um, you do like a freestyle in the middle of the song. Oh yeah, you go off the lyric. Like the lyrics. Yeah, are you there. bring the house down. No, I did not. No. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, that was a hard pass on the bringing the house down. But okay. uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. People were kind of like cycling through because this was this is funny because this was the at the RPM, which is the venue we do scam at. So mm-hmm. I was there Saturday night using the venue for what it was intended to, which was karaoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was there the next night for scam, and then. I was back on 54th Street the night uh, Monday night because I wanted to go see a comedy show and it was literally right next to RPM. So I like I was like, am I gonna go three nights in a row to RPM? I was like, nah, not gonna go. <laughs> what was the other song? Um, I don't remember really. Oh come <laughs> it was on! Just one that popped up, and I think I was just adding to someone else's song. All right, if you say so. I can't even picture this. I've never done karaoke with you. I haven't yeah. done karaoke in years. It's not something I do often. I have to be. I co- used to enjoy coaxed. it though. I have to be coaxed. I think I I like providing the part of um because it's it's necessary to have an audience for karaoke for other people who want to sing. So I was providing that role. Gotcha. <laughs> That's fair. That's uh, cool. Yeah. What else have you been up to? Well, I saw just a brief clip, um, of of a coin trick on America's Got Talent, which seemed to be a a. a very small child. Did yes. you see it? Yeah. Well, get, there was a couple magic-y things on AGT uh, this past week, or I guess last night. I mean, we're recording this a little early. Uh, but uh, yeah, a young kid, Shoji, did some coin magic for the judges. I want to say he was like nine years old. And they're like, Gosh, how long? Maybe. He looked younger. They're like, how, how long have you been doing this? He's like, oh, three, four years. I was like, how young did this kid start? Wow. Um, but he was doing some pretty impressive coin slides, and it looked real good in front of the judges. And then he did a little card piece with Howie. Uh, and it was funny because he got to learn about little Howie's kind of hang ups about <laughs> he's like, put your hand on the card. And like, he's like, oh, I don't want to touch things. Uh, but um, but yeah, he he did two tricks at the desk and the judges really liked him and they gave him four yeses to put him through so wow see he only needed three he only needed three and he got four we both made it look so hard but really a kid could do it anyone could do it uh i mean they say that's the old adage in showbiz right you don't want to work with children or kids yeah you don't want (laughs) to follow them i said that wrong children are kids Um, (laughs) you don't want to work with animals or children yeah because mm-hmm. it's a hard act to follow. You got that yeah. cu- cuteness factor that uh, you know will um, will definitely trump anything, uh, and they want to support and encourage you know young artists. So, good luck to them in the the later rounds for sure. Right? Yeah. No, I look forward to seeing more of that. Uh, did you watch any more of the episode, or did you just see the clip? I saw that clip, and then I saw that they brought back um, Ryan Stock and Amber Lynn. Did you see this at all? 
Yeah, but I was confused. I, I don't think they were competing. But oh. It was I, I could have that wrong, but it seemed like they were brought in specifically for a prank. So Simon orchestrated this. Uh, oh. So for those of you who don't know, Ryan Stock and Amber Lynn were on the show a few seasons ago. Uh, they're Danger Act. They're big in Vegas. They do like uh, the like the meat spike like in his mouth up out of his nose like that's such a disgusting trick uh but on the show they famously um uh amberlyn shot a flaming arrow from a crossbow at ryan stock and missed the target and like hit him in the neck it didn't like puncture but it bounced off and it was very scary and dangerous and you know they kind of were brought back to almost redeem themselves uh, because Simon, I, it was one of those segments that they do where they're like, the judges are off to kooky antics, right? So this uh, was Simon's kooky antic bit. Uh, but he brought Ryan Stock and Amber Lynn as if they were going to perform. And he's like, I'm going to do a prank on Sofia Vergara. Uh, and um, they were both brought up on stage after Ryan Stock and Amber Lynn did a couple like impressive crossbow stunts where they were popping balloons. Ryan was holding a balloon in his mouth and Amber Lynn was like, blindfolded and trying to find it with the, just the clicker you know of like there's like a little sound cue he was giving so she could aim correctly that was impressive so then they're like all right we're gonna need simon you're gonna stand in front of the target with a balloon over your head and amberlyn's gonna help sophia blindfold shoot the arrow to hit the balloon above your head and mm. while she's blindfolded a crew comes out and they strap half of an arrow to Simon's torso. <laughs> and then on the count of three, when they make sure Sophia's going to pull the trigger, everyone just goes, ah, and Simon goes on the floor and he's got an arrow sticking out of him. So it's a prank that she messed up and hurt Simon, which is gotcha. a, little, a little mean after he actually did hurt himself last season. I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now that makes way more sense though, that it was like a prank esque thing. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's how they like kind of closed out. I don't know if that's the last week of auditions, but from the clip, it seemed like they were at least the last bit of filming they did for the day, and they were like, "Thank you, good night." It was all a prank, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Right, um, right. But it was fun that they like got to br bring back uh, acts from past seasons, and you know, and just and and that Ryan Stock and Amberlynn got to kind of redeem themselves a bit. So that was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I was wondering what that was about. You know. Yeah, but yeah. That's cool that it was like prank wise yeah and we'll see we'll see how the uh the magic acts we've seen so far how they do in the later rounds and uh you know <laughs> the show's so funny sometimes like extra magic acts show up and you don't see their audition <laughs> you know yeah in later rounds too so there could be more if they are done with auditions there might be another week of auditions i'm not sure but uh yeah more magic lots of magic this season it seems very good mentalism not so much yet but maybe one of those acts will skew that direction. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And uh, I mean, they've they had a prominent mentalist last year, so I mean, I could see them trying to mix things up. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Matt, I think it's about that time. Do we want to get into diddle me this? Diddle me this. Diddle me that will Eric end up stumping Matt Riddles. All right, Matt, I'm running low on riddles, so these are I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel of some here. <laughs> but I think I think you'll still like this one. I'm still I, I'm okay with it. Ready? Um yes. let's go play with the three kids up on that hill, said Silly Sally. 
Joe ran ahead but only found two children and some grazing farm animals when he arrived. Where did the third kid go? Um, kid is also, I want to say, like, uh, a word for a farm animal. I'm not sure which animal, if it's like a donkey or something. <laughs> it's not a donkey. I'll give you, another, give you another guess on it. You have the riddle part correct, but I want you to get the animal part. So it's turned into trivia now. <laughs> a mule? A mule? No, we a had sheep? a mule last last week. That's why you're thinking of Chumbo, the du- stupidest sheep? mule. Sheep? You're, I guess that's closer related. No, but no. Um, a kid, a kid, a kid. A baby deer? <laughs> that's not a farm animal. <laughs> um... Uh, Gosh, how do I even know this? How do I know that a farm animal is called a kid, but I don't know which animal? <laughs> That's what I'm shocked about here, man. <laughs> uh, what about like eating? Uh, think about the uh, the classic stereotype of this animal eating tin cans. Do you know that? I don't yeah. even know where that came from, by the way. I don't know if it why it's always like depicted in cartoons eating tin cans. Um, uh. It's got little uh, little horns. It's sort of like a sheep. In Rocco's Modern Life, there's the character Heifer. What is he? He's a cow. It's Okay, so no, it's not a cow. <laughs> but that is a farm animal. <laughs> <laughs> um, what farm animal is called a kid? Let's see. Uh, since we were talking about cows, cows make uh, cheese. What other animals make cheese? You're a vegan. This is a bad question for you. Uh, what other animals make cheese? Hmm. Well, I'm flexitarian now. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's see. That means you eat people who flex? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'm not flexing now. What? No, what? no, no. Uh, how about, uh, uh, well, sheeps go ba. What's another animal that goes eh? Oh, a lamb? <laughs> That's a baby sheep. Oh, oh, uh, they also make a bat sound. Yeah. I can't believe this is so funny that you're just have this blind spot for this animal. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think we we're going to spend so much time on animals today. <laughs> it's not a pig. It's not a rooster. Um, how, how's your, Greek- oh, it's not a chicken. No. What's, how's your Greek mythology? Terrible. <laughs> Uh, Why? You're, you're, are you familiar with like satyrs that are like half human, half this animal? Mm-mm. Okay, like Pan from Midsummer Night's Dream. Nope. Okay, great. Um... <laughs> oh, Tom Brady. Oh, goat. <laughs> <laughs> a goat is a kid. Yeah, a baby goat. Uh, now, my second guess was sheep, and I, I thought a sheep and a goat were in the same family. No? I thought, so. yeah, they're similar. Okay. And I said baby deer, but that's not that, it. Yeah, yeah. Baby <laughs> that's goat. That's a fawn, I believe. A fawn. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a good one. That was good, but uh, you got the riddle right away. It's the animal part that shocked me. That's amazing. But uh, that was trivia, so let's get into some more. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, 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 trivia, pressure, trivia time. We need...
need to get you one of those like speak and uh, speak and says like the little like farm animals with that like for for toddlers that has the arrow and it goes around and <laughs> you like, like push the button and it <laughs> makes the sound the cow says moo <laughs> the goat says bah <laughs> thanks a lot eric thank okay. you <laughs> um staying in the uh the realm of animal ish stuff okay great we are non-human trivia (laughs) okay good how many hearts does an octopus have whoa okay um hmm (sighs) that's tricky octopus are such interesting creatures Octopi, octopuses. I believe both are correct in certain. Now we need an explicit sign on this episode. Uh, no, <laughs> they they're like basically aliens. They're so smart. Um, I know their heart is in their head. Obviously. I do have choices too, if you need them. I mean, I think it's not too many. I think it's like one or two. Um, but I'll hear the choices. One. Yes. Three. Okay. Eight, mm-hmm. five. So two is not an option. We've eliminated that. Mm-hmm. Eight is interesting because you would assume that's the number of limbs they have. Maybe they have a heart controlling each of their tentacles. Um, but I don't think that's the case. I think that would be more brain. I'm going to just go with one. I feel like it's one, one heart. Would this question exist if the answer was one? That's the that's what I was thinking as well. <laughs> Fine, I'm upgrading it to three. Three is my final answer. <laughs> so uh, an uh, an octopus apostrophe s three hearts have slightly different roles. One heart circulates blood around the body, mm-hmm. while the other two pump it past the gills to pick up oxygen. Wow. Okay. So it's like a little like triforce going on inside that. Now they have like a beak and I think a mantle. I know the other parts of an octopus, but uh, I watched that documentary that was up for an Oscar. The I think it might have even won the uh, octopus's teacher. Everyone was talking about it. I think I fell asleep during it. It was just too mm. soothing in the guy's voice and with, like all these underwater. <laughs> right. But uh, but yeah, that was good. That was a good question. I'll take animal trivia all day, every day. <laughs> Fantastic session. Love it. Uh, we have a uh, message from the mailbag. The mailbag. I've got mail. My mother wrote in. Whoa. Yes. This is funny because we were talking about mail before we came on and you didn't even tell me about this one. Oh, my mom wrote in uh, to me specifically to oh. remind me because we were talking about bowling. And yeah. um, we talked about the different types of bowling, 10-pin uh, bowling, which is the most popular. So my mom went through just to like clarify because she knows the different types of bowling, especially since New England has all those different times from can- candle pin. She was like really saying like South Boston, Auburn, Warwick, Rhode Island, Connecticut is really popular. Those thin pins with the small balls, no holes. Uh, there was a TV show on Saturdays with bowling, <laughs> with candle um, pin bowling. And then she was going into the uh, the duck pin bowlings, which are those shorter squat pins 
uh and that's like in in different parts of like somerville chumsford for there like, it's like regional regional little things so she's saying like you might not remember but you've definitely bowled all three types of bowling uh, but uh, she she went to make a point, and I actually knew this about my family history, is uh, bowling is a very popular date night, and my dad and her met in a company bowling league. So she, wanted to, she wanted to put that out there to remind me that like bowling is in our family blood because that's wow. how... <laughs> How they met, and after bowling, they went on a date, and they like listened to you know a live band at one of the the bowling places, and there's probably a bowling trophy somewhere in our basement. Like wow. But, so I'm just saying, this is the origin story of how I came to be, uh, and that's why I'm so good at games is because my parents met bowling. So <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for the note, Mrs. Diddleman. I love it. Yeah. So thanks, mom, for writing in and. Uh, I'll have to take you bowling out uh, one of these days. <laughs> See if you still got it. <laughs> it's a fun night out, isn't it? Yeah, it is fun. It's fun. So, uh, very cool. Um, the one thing that I've been up to this week is uh, prepping my lecture for the Psychic Entertainers Association. Uh, we have an annual meeting every year called the Meeting of the Minds, where different members kind of present different um, lectures, whether they're based off um, performance or theory, or uh, teach each other effects, things that we're doing in the real world, methods, how to read minds more effectively, essentially. Uh, so I was uh, tapped in, uh, uh, called in to, to do a lecture, and I kind of had to put it last together last minute uh, because it was kind of, um, uh, there was a eh, 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 political drama going on in the organization, whatever. But it was, uh, I was happy to step up to the plate put this lecture together uh, i'm performing it tonight so i'm just curious because i know we were talking about our goals last week and so this was my goal last week and your goal uh is you're also working on a lecture for the lance burton teen seminar so i want to just talk about that process of how do you put together a lecture how many lectures have you done are there strategies um uh, I can go into a little bit of the topic that I'm doing, but I want to hear your take on uh, lectures because that's a that's a big part of the magic world that people don't realize. Like there's people who tour and make a living basically just lecturing to other magicians on on the tricks that they do. But it's not something I do and uh, often. So I'm curious what experience you have and insights. Uh, I'm probably the last person really to ask because I don't I don't I've never done the lecture circuit. Not a Same. lecture guy. Yeah. And I'm not even like a well-prepared lecturer. I'm like <laughs> thinking about what I want to talk about the night before, which isn't bad. Right. No. Um, or doing a Q&A of sorts and riffing on what the question is. Oh, that's my uh, favorite type of lecture if I'm in it, because then you really just are like, oh, wait, what do you want? And I'll give you the answers based off of the questions you give. Right. So like, I feel like in a lot of ways, um, if you have information to give, it's like, it, it, it just happens to be the easiest to, to do, but it also can be the most valuable for the attendees. Right, right. Um, now, but you've been on the other side. You've been been to plenty of lectures growing up, you know, in Magic too. That's one of the ways you learn. Like, even before you had a handle on getting access to, like, you know, Magic DVDs, videos, and that kind of stuff, which are sort of lectures in their own right, but they're just mm -hmm. highly produced and look really good, like, thinking about all those L and L videos, which are essentially lectures to an audience, you know, mm -hmm, there. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, um, so, so, so we do have that from the audience perspective. So like, what things do you like when you're watching a lecture and then how does that inform how you might approach putting one together? 
Do you remember your first magic lecture? Like that you saw? I'm trying to think. Um, it would probably be up in Ithaca when I was in college because I didn't even know about like magic groups or like, you know, the IBM rings or the SAM assembly. Me neither. Until I got to college um and you know the local magicians gather up and i think they probably had brought in a lecturer at some point but i can't couldn't tell you who it was mm-hmm. I, I think, uh, mine was tim ellis if you know who that is australian uh magician. australian magician yes for the milkshake act and i just wandered in yeah it was at a magic convention i must have been about 10 years old that was the first time seeing a magic lecture yeah mine might have been there's a one day magic convention after four f's up in batavia new york called Mani. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that was the first magic convention I went to. And I think probably one of the lectures there that I saw. So, Well, if you're listening to this and you don't do magic, I mean, you're probably wondering a little bit of what a magic lecture really is. And it yeah. really could be anything. But like the, the typical lecture is sort of a, a many times, for better or for worse, it's a pitch to sell tricks, right? So let's say uh, you've invented, um, you know, four or five tricks that you want to pitch on your lecture and sell or sell your lecture notes. Basically, you'll go up, you'll demonstrate those tricks. You'll talk about how you came up with them and why and why they're great. And then oftentimes uh, with hopes of of selling them to the magicians that are in attendance. That is sort of what lectures have become in a lot of ways. Yeah. Not in a bad way. but There's usually a format to it. Like I'll show a trick and then immediately explain it. And uh, oftentimes you can you can get just that from the lecture you don't have to buy anything like you take your own right. notes but a way that uh lecturers make money is they either have other products to sell or if you don't if you have to make a gimmick on your own they'll have the gimmick there so you could just purchase it so you don't have to do the arts and crafts behind it or they'll just sell the lecture notes so that you can just pay attention during the lecture you don't have to be writing your own notes and it's all written up for you after the fact um and uh people just travel around from local magic group to local magic group all around the country all around the world uh and they and they make money that way i generally enjoy the lectures uh because i always like seeing like other people's trains of thoughts on things so like even if i disagree with literally everything they're saying or maybe they're doing a lecture and they've only been doing magic for like two years yeah yeah right so like it's funny to hear them speaking as if they're an authority on the topic, right? <laughs> but like they might still have some interesting ideas. Yeah, there's always fresh ideas, new takes and perspectives. And uh, yeah. like you said, that process and how you're thinking and how, how things work for them, that's always interesting. It might not necessarily work for you, but mm-hmm. to see how they've adapted and it works for them is always a, a great way of l- line of thinking to, to see. Yeah, and some lectures are less trick-based and they involve more theory. Yes. And that's those are fascinating, too, because those theoretical concepts can be applied to any magic that you already do. Um, so I feel like you asked a specific question that I may have not answered, but um, <laughs> maybe about developing a lecture because that's what you're working on. Yeah, just like how you're structuring it. I mean, I think it depends on what the topic is. If you're doing like a trick based lecture, obviously, you're going to do that format of let me show you the trick I worked on. Here's how it works. Mm-hmm. Take how long notes, are you lecturing questions? for? That well, that's 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 the thing is I have a lot of notes. I'm supposed to maybe do about a half an hour. I don't know if it's going to be a lot longer or not. Um, mm. It couldn't extend past that. But um, mm-hmm. but the topic I'm talking about is uh, improv. Uh, this has been like a book idea in the back of my head for a while, and how improv can relate to mentalism and a lot of the principles. Because I I studied improv, you know, uh, been 
doing improv since middle school. I was uh, the director of the improv troupe in, in high school and in college. And then I studied improv Boston and went to Second City in Chicago for a seminar and then came back and moved, basically moved to New York to do Upright Citizens Brigade UCB um, to learn improv through them. So it's been, you know, another passion of mine. Uh, and I use a lot of the principles and lessons I've learned and apply it to my mentalism. So I wanted to kind of talk about that aspect and combine those two worlds a little bit and go through a lot of these rules and specifically say what they, uh, what, how they apply to performance. That, that's a really interesting lecture. See, I'd like to sit down on that. That'd be cool. Yeah, well, uh, again, hopefully it'll become a, a, a book at some point. Uh, mm-hmm. I was going to sit down with this pandemic and get to it, but it's one of those things that was just on the back burner as everything else was going on and didn't really have the time to think about even starting to structure it. But uh, I guess this lecture is a, is a smaller scale version of figuring out how to structure it that maybe I'll expand to actually sitting down to writing it all out one day. Uh- yeah, I mean, for me, I, it's, it starts as just like a really rough outline in a notebook. Are you going to make an outline? Yeah, I have an outline already. I'm also uh, like, should I stay true just to the whole spirit of improv, though, and just kind of improvise my way through the lecture? <laughs> <laughs> See, it's always about finding that easy out, you know? <laughs> Q&A, improvise the lecture. We're both saying the same thing. But it's also one of those things, it's like any performance, right? Because we, we've seen lecturers who, it's a performance, and they've mm-hmm. done it, and they've gone from group to group. And it's like anything, like when you're practicing a magic trick or you know that you want to put in your show, at first you might have the bare bones of like, oh, the trick works, and I have this outline of a presentation of what I'm going to say. And then the more you do it over and over again, that... Um, that process solidifies what you say. And it's almost like it's like improv to script, not to tie back into my lecture, but a lot of improvisers improvise scenes over and over again until it's solidified into a sketch. That's mm-hmm. kind of the second city model of it, but it's the mm-hmm. same idea. Uh, so these, these lecturers are doing that essentially where they might improvise it the first time. And the more they do it, it becomes like its own show. Like you're putting together a magic show. Right. Right. Did I just, should I include that in the lecture? I think I should. <laughs> I feel like that was a nugget of gold. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Write that down. Oh, yeah. it's recorded, so you're it's okay. Recorded. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> when is the lecture? Like next week? Uh, no, it's tonight. What? <laughs> Did you say that already? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it'll be recorded just for the members of that of that group. But maybe if it's uh, in demand, maybe I'll do it around to other manager groups if people are uh, interested as well and uh, – but uh, yeah, I, that's the thing is I, I did the outline and I have a lot of things. I just feel like I could talk about this topic forever. So it's all about just really organizing the thoughts in a way that I think it'll flow, which is hard to do when it comes to something like that with performance because there's so many things that tie into each other. So it's like, oh, I could talk about this part, but then that really relates to this thing later on. But a piece of that relates to this over there. You know, so you can kind of I feel like I'm jumping back and forth and you got to be disciplined. You yeah. got to trim the fat. You want a nice trimmed piece for a 30 minute lecture, you know? Yeah, exactly. I don't think you can even get into those topics that are like tangentially related. I think you can reference them and say, mm-hmm. hey, that's a conversation for another time. Right. This relates to that. For those of you who are interested, you can look more into that. But we're talking about this today. I think you got to stay true to your niche, uh, whatever, you know, 
that's kind of what my plan is too. I'm gonna hit the the major broad strokes of what improv is because some people have just never experienced it, or like especially if you're not in one of the big major improv hubs, you know, of the major Chicago, obviously New York, L.A., Toronto. I know some, um, you know, places in the Midwest are also up and coming. There's some in Philly, anyway. Uh, but uh, and then there's off offshoots everywhere, of course. Um. But if you're not in the improv scene, you got to learn the basic rules of improv. And I have just a list kind of later of like, here's a bunch of other tips that I'm just going to touch upon briefly. And if you want to learn more, we can talk about that after or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but here, we're the, just kind of bullet point those extra kind of smaller, more nitty gritty details. But cover the broad strokes mostly. Well, that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a good time. Uh, and I think it's a different change of pace from, you know, some of the other lectures that are all kind of method based and figuring out how to do it. So very cool. What else you got going on this week? Anything exciting um, coming up? No, not um, not a whole lot. I'm head, headed um, home for a little bit to Massachusetts to see the family. I knew that again. I'm getting family time next week as well. Oh, that's great. That's great. My folks are coming in. You're going to be in Massachusetts, so we'll both have uh, family time at the same time. Apart. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and then uh, just gearing up to uh, fly out uh, for an orientation gig in Indiana. And, uh, yeah, just trying to trying to get all my ducks in a row to get back into the, uh, the uh, crazy travel season that I was so used to prior to the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And now that gigs are coming back in, it's like, all right, got to remember how to – book all the travel and the hotels and make sure I got my rental cars and all that side of things. So yeah, it's a big to do, man. It's all oh. happening again. It's all happening. We've got a huge event happening here in Vegas. Uh, at the time we're recording this, it's tomorrow night. It's the grand opening of a new resort. It's resorts world. Have you heard about resorts world at all? Not at all. No. Um, there, it's no. a big deal. Where it's a it? brand new spot right by near the wind. It's like, uh, gosh, it's like a, it, it's a really extravagant hotel, sort of on par with like a win in terms of uh, luxury, I guess. And they're bringing in huge names. They've got Luke Bryan, Katy Perry. Okay, I've heard of that one. Zed. <laughs> Zed. Oh, I know him. He's a DJ, right? Yeah. Uh, Lionel Richie. Okay, yeah, great. They've got, uh, I think Lionel Richie. Or is he at the win? I don't know. They have lots of huge names. Yeah. Uh, for the, for I, think, the I think I said Lionel Richie because Katy Perry and Luke Bryan are the other judges on American Idol, and he is the other. So maybe not Lionel Richie. I'm not sure. <laughs> just just um, the judges but, from American Idol. Is that yeah, the right. Just <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're having the big opening tomorrow night. Um, I don't know if you happen to see the uh, invitation. I did. I shared it in a story. You may not have seen oh, it. Oh, I haven't seen it, no. Oh, my God, dude. It is the most intense invitation I've ever seen in my life. So it arrived at the link for whatever reason, uh, like a box. Um, gosh, like, I don't know, bigger than an almanac. It's like a large... <laughs> I'm going to trust box. your estimation skills because I don't know what size an almanac is. <laughs> um, like way bigger than a laptop, like okay, a box, great. a yeah. big box like that sure. you would expect like maybe a bottle of wine to come in, but mm -hmm. a rectangle. Anyway, yeah, I open it up and it's like a Resorts World invitation, but this thing was basically an iPad. I oh, open wow. it and a video starts playing with music. Wow. 
super high production value and like Katy Perry's dressed as a mermaid and then Zed walks in and like it's this like five minute video like with super high production value. I've like felt like I was watching a movie on this piece of mail that I just opened. And then underneath all of that, there's like USB chargers and things because you can keep this thing and put your own photos and videos on it. Wow, that's nice. Yes. <laughs> so then the other thing is this thing's a day away and I've heard no details whatsoever other than receiving this invite, which it claims that I get a room if I want to stay overnight. This is like a VIP right. invite only thing and there's going to be these surprises and those surprises and a test, a tasting of the food and the resort and blah, blah, blah. Wow. Mind you, I have heard nothing else. So like they say, we're going to email you. We did the RSVP. This is a couple of weeks ago. Haven't received like any other information whatsoever. So I've asked around and there was even a funny tweet yesterday that I saw by one of the like Las Vegas locally accounts, which tweets out funny gossip. Right. And it said, uh, oh gosh, I wish I could remember exactly what it said. I'll pull it up so I can tell you. Actually, I have it here. Um, I just like that you get electronics in this invitation for you to keep. That's great. Unbelievable. Yeah. It says, uh, this is a quote, and I believe this is true, not a joke. Nothing is ready, but it's opening anyway. And that's a quote (laughs) from the Resorts World exec. (laughs) Nothing is ready, but we're opening anyway. So I have no idea what's going on, what time anything is, but... Tiana and I are going to show up and see what happens. That quote does not instill a lot of confidence in this resort. (laughs) It could be a joke. It's an account that does like Las Vegas gossip and things, but like usually they have all the gossip before anyone else. Um, And I wouldn't doubt that that was actually a quote pulled from some interview with an executive or something. It reminds me of like the Lorne Michaels quote about SNL is like, uh, it doesn't, it uh, the, the SNL doesn't go up because it's perfect. It goes up because it's Saturday night. And it's like time for it to go up. You know? Right, right. I, I even saw there was an article saying yeah. room service isn't ready. So they're going to be doing Grubhub instead. Wow. <laughs> now, are there like, obviously, those were the performers that are going to be at the opening. Are there going to be like residencies, theaters? Oh, I'm sorry. Shows? Those are, those are, no, those are actually residencies. Those are residencies. Oh, okay, And I miss wow. Celine Dion too. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. Those are pretty big gets. Oh, huge. No, they're, they're making a huge splash. Um, now, which of those will be at the opening? I don't know. I imagine there will be some A list action going on at this thing. Although, hopefully, They've received more information than I have. <laughs> of course, yeah. If they're gonna be Otherwise, involved. I don't know if they feel comfortable showing up to this thing. Now, uh, <laughs> Matt, when I come to visit Vegas, does that mean we're going to a Katy Perry concert now? Well, I don't think she's actually starting until like later on. Like a few depends when you come. Fine, I'll have to come back after this next trip. <laughs> I'll just Are keep you a big visiting. Katy Perry guy? I like some of her songs. Yeah. Yeah, she's got a lot of good songs. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't know that would be like your first choice for a concert. You're in Las Vegas. You can see anything you want. And it's like Katy Perry. Boom. Well, done. I'll have, I'll have to explore some options. But of the of the, the group, you say, oh, I'd see Lionel Richie, too. That would be good. But I don't think don't, he, yeah, that, don't, that was a mistake, though. <laughs> I think he's mistake. at a different property. Well, way to get my hopes up. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but we do we do share a manager, Lionel Richie. There you I. go. There you go. That's amazing. So we could uh, we could maybe maybe we could get some access to that if he's here. Make that happen. All right. All right. All right. I like. Wouldn't it. you enjoy that concert? Yeah. Did you know? Fun. Did you know I have opened for Lionel Richie once? I did not know this. No. No. You. <laughs> yeah. So tell me how a magic act opens for a, like a music act. Oh, uh, it's just a huge letdown, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah, music. You're like, first card tricks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was at the Wynn, um, and it was a uh, private event mm-hmm. oh, at, okay. the, that the, the, at the theater they have at the Wynn for a company. And uh, I somehow got roped into this thing. Again, back to the having the same manager thing, I presume. Um, and, uh, yeah, I did maybe 15, 20 minutes at the top and then Lionel came out and brought down the house with all his hits. <laughs> Amazing. That's great. That's yeah. So my set was okay. Yeah. There you go. It Everyone was all right. Anticipating Lionel Richie. <laughs> yeah. While they had to see. Exactly. <laughs> they were polite. Oh, cool. Magician. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, have I opened for him again since then? No. no but I mean. Back. <laughs> <laughs> was anyone involved anxious to make that happen again no 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 <laughs> that's so funny uh matt let's hit up our goals we touched upon them already you're lectured for the lance burton teen seminar i'm working on this lecture for the pa so i'd say i accomplished my goal or, or, or close to it since it's tonight and i have to lecture uh how are you doing on your goal um, I haven't really worked on the lecture yet. Great. So but it's next week. I'm going to copy and paste that for your goal <laughs> for next week. <laughs> um, my next, my next week goal is just going to be focusing on my, uh, trip to Indiana and making sure my show live show is ready, all packed up, remembering how to travel and doing that. Fantastic. Any other shows coming up you want to plug or anything? Um, I'm at the, uh, the Rose room, but, uh, by the time this comes out, that show already happened. So no, I'll just visit my website. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I've got a couple, uh, a couple plugs. Uh, this is, if anyone is in Vegas listening to this, which maybe you are, maybe you aren't, but anyway, I'm, I'm co-hosting Sunny 106.5 next week while Joanna, the oh. normal co-host is on vacation. So AJ and I will be uh, doing a little radio hosting on Sunny 106.5. They're also the partner that we've been with for years when we do our big um, drive for the Animal Foundation. Right. Sunny 106.5 is a big supporter of that. Um, we've partnered with PetSmart and Petco in the past for that, and Sunny 106.5 is a, a huge supporter, so appreciate that. Also, Extra, the uh, Mario Lopez show that like plays when every time you're in a hotel room. Yeah. Shooting a little bit of a segment for that uh, oh, tomorrow, which I think airs over the weekend. Oh, that'll be really fun. That'll be yeah. great. And when you're hosting radio, you can tell them you've got all this experience podcasting now. It's like exactly. the same thing, right? So you got this. You got this. <laughs> hey, um, before we go, yeah. did you know, you know Instagram is paying people to go live now? Oh, it's like- You don't have to have a certain amount of anything. Or it has nothing to do with verification. You just have to- like sign up to be make sure you have a creator account mm-hmm. and then you get paid to go live wow so they're like making their own content creator program as well 
Yeah, they, they're that. giving you a bonus. They'll give you they'll give you I don't know like a hundred bucks or something if you go live for fifteen minutes. Wow. Would you sign up for something like that? Um. Yeah. I, if people want to tune in to me going live, and I have no. Well, it idea doesn't matter. Even if no one tunes in, you still get the scratch. Oh. Oh. oh well, then it's easier. <laughs> 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 then you don't have to worry about what you're doing for content when you go live. All right. Let me throw one more at you. This is. Let me give you the real selfish reason I'm bringing this what, up. What if we go live together? Is that a thing? That was like, what I was going to ask you. Because I yeah. now my next milestone is I got to do a 30 minute live. Oh. Yeah. And. And I need to bring another account into it with me to co-host. Oh, I could do that. I you want to do like... a thirty-minute live, but we have we have like seven days to do it starting now. Oh, like okay. we have to do it within the next week. Yeah. Well, great. And hey, it needs to be strong content because you know here at the podcast, people are choosing to come listen to this. Yes. We need to be engaging enough that someone just clicks into our live and goes, "Oh man, I can't click away." So. So I was going to just pitch that we do the podcast live. <laughs> but but then it's hard because we got the yeah. headphones yeah, yeah, and the yeah, recording. Yeah, yeah. So I, I feel you. like we need to, in addition to doing our normal hour, we also need now, we, now we need a tight 30 as well for this All right. week. So this is, this is great. I'm glad you brought this up on the podcast rather than not off the podcast, which could have been a meeting off, off the air. But... <laughs> <laughs> is but that sarcasm? So, a little bit, but... <laughs> <laughs> but since we're live and recording now, uh, we can also uh, shoot it to our listeners or that when you listen to this, if you're listening within seven days of this uh, launching, if you have ideas for content, you can send us an urgent email. Don't wait. Urgent. Don't delay. Uh, give us some ideas of what you want us to do content-wise for live Instagram. Uh, but as always, you can email us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on the socials at mindmagicpod or individual accounts, Matt Franco or E. Diddleman on all the social media. So uh, maybe we'll get some ideas. Otherwise, we'll, we'll chat more about this, Matt, I believe. I love getting your real take on it live on the air. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. I could have waited. You could have. But first of all, I want people to know, hey, yeah. look, if you sign up for this thing, like you can go live and, you know, make a little scratch just for fun. And and if performers are listening to this, yeah. you probably might be doing it anyway. Absolutely. There you so go. So if you're already doing it, I mean, doesn't it seem like a no-brainer? There you go. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. So and and then I figured we could do the joint one, but, you know, we'll get a nice tight 30 going. And then now I put you on the spot on the air, so it's almost like you had to say yes, you know? I almost had to. I feel like <laughs> we're just slowly turning into everyone's going to have their own Truman Show. Everyone wants to be the star of their own world, and people are just tuning in. And when when you get to a point where everyone's doing that, is it is it that special? <laughs> like that's the thing like people no. are going to be wanting to not live stream if everyone's live streaming at some point and then will those people get paid to not live stream and i think it's a weird philosophical what time we are in in the world right now but uh maybe i, I we won't use that as our content because that's too <laughs> heady i think <laughs> a little too heady yeah <laughs> this is going to be good because then people can get a first of all we can give people a taste of the podcast that have never listened yeah and there'll be a visual element, too, because, you know, we'll be on video as well. So it's not just audio, which is cool. So I'm going to have to, like, look nice now. That's why I like doing podcasts is I can just 
you know, get you off. You look fine the now. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm messing with you. That's a joke, Matt. Anyway, we <laughs> should wrap up. Uh, thank you so much for listening. As always, shoot us an email at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com if you want to say hi. Uh, and uh, Matt, looking forward to another fun uh, episode. We got our big 52 next week. 52 next week. Thank you so much for those of you who have been with us since episode one. I hope you'll join us for our bonus 30 minutes as well that we have coming up this week. And I don't know if we've even said that we have a uh, special surprise for 52, but we do. We're working on it. We're working on it. Yeah, we're working on it. So tune in next week as well. So thanks so much. And we'll talk to you again later. It is a baby goat, Matt. A baby goat. <laughs>